So we've been in a series called Captivated. Can y'all say Captivated? And in the heart behind this series is that we would let Jesus capture, can you say capture? And keep, can you say keep? Our attention. How many of y'all know your attention is a hot commodity these days? Hello? Um, anybody else feel like everything's just trying to, hey, hey, me, me, hey, me, 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 hey, look at me, me, hey, you know what I mean? Everything is vying for your attention. And, and the Spirit of God really put on our hearts to go, okay, we all, the body of Christ, need a reminder that we are to be consumed completely, fully captivated by Jesus as the Spirit of God in us. Can you say, in me? Constantly pulls our eyes to the truth. Of, how, of, of God's heart for us and for humanity. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, these are kind of our launch pad scriptures here. Um, if this is your first time here, I'd encourage you any bold words. I have those bolded for emphasis. They kind of uh, pull out specific things we're going to be speaking about. So please go ahead and read those with me says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, taking every thought captive. How many of y'all think that sounds like we need to be intentional about what we're thinking about? Yeah? Um, listen, either you're letting yourself, your brain be washed by Jesus, or you're being brainwashed by the world. It's funny, I've heard people talk about Christianity, like, oh, just one of them brainwashed born-againers. Yeah, everybody's brain is being washed by something. I'd rather have it washed by the blood of Jesus that leaves me white as snow than washed in the whatever else is going on. You know? He's got freedom for us. And so what I wanted to talk about this morning is, is I personally see one of the things that tries to get my attention away from Jesus is temptation. Have y'all ever, ever experienced temptation before? Hello, anybody? Y'all experienced temptation before? Yeah. Um, temptation. I think I heard someone ask, what's temptation? That's very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, first, let me tell you, there's three words that are kind of used in Scripture, and it's the same Greek word, okay? Um, temptation. Can you say temptation? Can you say trials? And then can you say tests? Okay, so these three words in Scripture are often represented by the same word, and it's translated one of those three ways, but one of those ways is temptation. So throughout this message, you are going to hear me say the word temptation. That means temptations, tests, 
and trials, okay? Now, what is temptation? That is a great question. Temptations, trials, and tests are all things that get in our way as we are walking in our call for God. We're walking, and these things try to get us off path. They try to get us distracted. They try to pull us to the side, get caught up in peripheral, and step out of the call of God on our life. How many of you know God has such an amazing call on your life? Maybe you need to know that. God has an amazing call on your life. He wants to do things in your life that you don't even think are possible. He wants to cause you to overcome. Can you say overcome? In any and every situation thrown your way. This is real. And I just want to encourage you this morning that we don't need to be a people that yields to temptation, that is defeated by trials and tests. But we are a people who recognize that stuff for what it is. That's just nonsense trying to keep us from rallying in our call for Jesus. Amen? And listen, when you put it on those kinds of epic terms, not in like, just like self-help terms. Listen, Christianity is not just about self-help. How many of you know God loves you? Okay, I need a bigger yes to that. Otherwise, we're going to preach a whole different message this morning, all right? How many of you know God loves you? Yeah, he cares about you, yeah? He wants to help you, yes? But how many of you know he wants to help others through you? right? And guess what? He wants to transform us into glory more and more every day. And we can endure and overcome temptation, trial, and testing in Jesus' name, and it will be a testimony to his power and glory in and through us. Amen? If we can keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, seeing temptations, tests, and trials as opportunities for God to move, we will endure, overcome, and grow. Let's take a look at James 1. It says this, I, I kind of want to introduce some of the scriptural talk regarding temptation and trials. So again, when you see trials and you see tempted and tempted and tempt, that's all the same word. Okay, don't ask me why they changed the words and switched it all up. Um, maybe it's for a more comprehensive understanding of what's going on. But just so you know, that is all the same word. It says this, consider it all joy, my brethren. Ladies, you are included in the brethren. Okay, so this is good news for you too. You get to consider it all joy. Can you say joy? When everything goes perfect. When you have it all figured out and there's not a single trouble or temptation or trial in your life, everything's just ponies and Gary ponies, you know. Ponies poop, though, don't they? Exactly. There you go. It ain't all pretty in pony land, you know. But ponies are pretty great. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Interesting. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. How many of y'all, when you encounter 
any variety of trial, you're like, yeah. Anybody? Okay, listen, church, we actually can. No, this is just feel good, imaginary. No, we actually can take joy. Why? Because we recognize any trial is an attempt to suck us out of God's plan for our life, and we recognize any lack, any hindrance is an opportunity for our God to move. I'll wait. I'll wait a little more. Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all. Like we get to we get to celebrate when anything's coming against us because we go, ha 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 ha, that's cute. What's Jesus gonna do? What's he gonna do? Right now, in and through me. But you see, sometimes we get this conversation, we get so serious and weird about it. Oh, but you don't know what God's tempting me to do. It's it's strange. I don't care how strange it is. God's got something better, and it's deception, and you just have to recognize it. It's something weird trying to get you off path. And guess what? When you invite Jesus into that, rather than being, like, ashamed of it, he can actually move. That's good news, y'all. I don't know if you heard me, but that's good news. But some of us, we, we feel like we've missed it or we feel ashamed when we're tempted or we're faced with trouble. And I just want to clear things up a little bit. Everyone, can you say everyone? That includes the holiest of holy people you know. Listen, our righteousness is in Christ Jesus. Amen? But that includes even the people you look up to the most. They face trials. They are tested. They are tempted. And God causes them to overcome. And God will cause you to overcome. So long as we give all of this to him as an opportunity to move. This is good news. We didn't advertise this Sunday we're going to be talking about temptation. But listen, what God wants to do and how we can take anything that the enemy's trying to do and let God flip it on its head for good, come on, that's good news. Ain't it? Consider it all joy. That's not make-believe. That's not make-believe. That's real. When you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in Nothing. Jumping to verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. This next part matters a lot. If you haven't been listening up to this point, listen. Jesus sometimes said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, this is a verily moment. Listen. Let no one say when he is tempted. Now again, that word there is tempted, tested, or tried. Okay? Let no one say when he is tempted. 
I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Listen, this is not something to get divided about or to get haughty about. Some Christians are communicating this message in a very haughty way, and it's causing others that believe otherwise to just write us off. But this matters. In the body of Christ, it is important for us to know and for us to communicate to others that God is not causing you harm. God's not placing sickness in your life to teach you something. God's not tempting you with sin. It's a work of the enemy. It's a work of the enemy. And again, I mean, we live in a fallen world, you know? But God enables us to overcome in this world. But why are you going to try to overcome something that God gave you? Did you hear me? If you think that God is placing something on you to teach you something, well, then you better not do anything about it. Who are you to get in the way of God's plan? Doesn't make sense, does it? That's why Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. It doesn't make sense. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus came that we might have what? Life and have it abundantly. Now listen, here's where it gets a little confusing, but not really. As long as you know who our God is. God is so awesome that he can even take the silly attempts of the enemy to get us off track and then go, watch me. Watch me, Satan. You ain't, oh, that's cute. Where you go? You're trying to get him wrapped up in that? Watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to cause him to overcome. Oh, you're going to try to get them uh, off track with this thing or this thing or this thing? Watch what I'm going to do in them. And we need to present ourselves as vessels for his power to endure through any test and trial and tribulation so that we have that testimony on the other side that brings him such glory. Amen? We ain't going to stop. That's been like... That's been the cry of my heart. In like the last month. There's so many pressures and attempts to kidnap us from his purposes. We ain't going to stop. We refuse. We're going to keep on keeping on for Jesus. No matter what. Amen? No matter what temptation comes your way. No matter what trial comes your way. No matter how the enemy is testing you. God will cause us to overcome. Whew. Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. 
For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says this, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. Can you all say, God is faithful? who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to what? Endure it. Okay, now again, some people have plucked this portion of Scripture out of the context of what the rest of Scripture also says in the New Testament, right? And they've said that God is giving you both the temptation and the way of escape. Well, we know very clearly God is not giving us the temptation, right? But here's the good news. With any temptation, with anything that is presented to us, whether we, whether we created it, because in James, James chapter 1, just honestly, sometimes we blame the devil for things we concocted. Just going to be honest with you, okay? Um, but also, the enemy is definitely at work. And it's those places, either of our own invention without God's influence, or it's persecution of the enemy that is placing temptation, trying to get us off track. And God can cause us to overcome. But here's the beautiful thing. It says that God provides the way of escape. God has a way out. Amen? Listen, I want you to have some hope here this morning. There's a way out. There's a way out. Y'all need to say there's a way out. There is hope, church. Don't give in to things that have been patterns in your life. God can change it all. Right now. Right now. But I've been dealing with this whole thing my whole life. Listen, there's so many examples in Scripture of people who were dealing with things for a very, very long time. And guess what? God changed the game. Just because something's been going on for a season, don't identify with it. You make that something part of your identity, you're not going to kick it. You identify fully with Christ, woo, baby. Get out of Dodge with any of that nonsense trying to get up on me, you know? No temptation is overtaking you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that you are able, but with the temptation will provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. So when does temptation happen? I would say that, you know, the enemy, I don't want to give him any credit, but one thing he is good at is scheming. Y'all know that? Um, he's not unaware of the situations in your life, and, and just being real, he's looking for an opportunity to get you off track. I'll show you uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 13. This is right after Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. It says this, when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. So you see the enemy, first of all, he doesn't just tempt you three times and leave you alone forever. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that, okay? That's not really how it works, all right? 
But here we see that Satan is looking for an opportune time. You see, he thought he already had an opportune time. Because if we look in Matthew chapter 4, Kyle, go ahead, pull that up. This is what happened. Jesus went into the wilderness and he was fasting. Now, how many of y'all have ever fasted? Anybody? Um, you get hungry. Right? You get hungry. And so it says that Jesus became hungry. And look at this. Surprise, the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Interesting how the temptation that he places is in accordance with the current want or need in your life. Right? But how many of y'all know that Satan's version is like the fast food poisonous version of nourishment that God actually wants to give you the real satisfying food? Right? God's got something real and good for us. But Satan, he recognizes sometimes our need or our want or our desire, and he's like, hey, look at this, you know? And you might be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks easier. Yeah, it looks kind of tasty, you know? I just want to tell you, listen, if it's not God, it ain't tasty. It might be tasty for a minute. I don't think enough of us are real about that, you know? Some people are like, oh my gosh, uh, premarital intimate relations, they just feel terrible. They don't. Initially. Did you hear me? Initially. Then guess what? They feel terrible. God has something better. God has something lasting. And God has promises in his covenant that when stepped into in a life with him are so beautiful. Amen? So I would just encourage you, don't fall for the fast food poisonous version. And don't let the enemy abuse you in your time of hunger. It's not just food, right? How many of y'all know it's talking about the hunger of your heart? So when you have a desire for something, hey, listen, you want a significant other? Doesn't mean the first significant person to show up is that other. God, I, really, I feel like God's just placing in my heart that I'm supposed to be with somebody. Okay, and then it's like, hi, my name's Troy. Hi, Troy, how you doing? Oh, you know, I'm good, you know. Troy, what matters to you in life? Sports, I like to go out, you know, have some fun, you know. I do like people, you know, I like hanging out with people. Troy, you know Jesus? No. Troy, you, you want to know Jesus? No, not really. Uh, any, any bells going off for anybody yet? Any alarms going off for anybody yet? But he's the one! He's the first person presented to me! He don't know the Lord. He ain't it! <laughs> like, I'm on a level with you. Listen, and some people are like, you're just drawing lines in the sand. What are you doing? If Jesus is your top priority in life, and he's the one calling all the shots, it's going to be very, very difficult to live a life that brings him glory when you are unified to someone who has a completely different priority set. 
Now, there's specific scripture that talks about if you're already married to someone and you find the Lord and all of that, okay? So nobody take any condemnation. Amen? Amen. But what I'm saying is, is the enemy sometimes, or even just happenstance sometimes, something will come in to fill that need. Doesn't mean that God is the one filling that need. Okay? If it's going to be God, it's going to look like God. Okay? Pretty simple, but also worth actually talking about. So opportune times. Hunger. Another opportune time for trial and tribulation and testing is in the midst of anxiety. Anybody ever been anxious? Yeah, let's take a look at First Peter. It says this, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now notice, sometimes we do this chop, 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 chop thing with scripture. This all pertains to the context. This is saying that we are to be of sober spirit and be on alert because... Our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This is not talking about being paranoid. Did you hear me? Some people are so afraid of the enemy that they're afraid to do anything. That's not the point at all here. But this is saying that if we are living in a posture where God is carrying our anxiety... And if we are letting him take care of those cares and we're not caught up in chaos, if we're not distracted by all of the stuff, because ah, how many all make good decisions like when you're like, ah, anybody? Me neither. And that's why it's an opportune time to bring a decision to you for the enemy. Hey, uh, I see you're kind of freaking out. Here's this, you know. And I would just encourage you in those moments, again, don't be afraid to immediately bring that stuff to God. Okay? Immediately. In that moment, ask Jesus, like ask Holy Spirit, say, what do you want to do here? What's the alternative? What would Jesus do? Like, y'all remember the wristbands? It's like the best question in the whole world, especially when you ask the Holy Spirit. What are we going to do in this? But it says to be of sober spirit. So I would just encourage you, first of all, again, don't, don't identify with anxiety. It's a trend I'm seeing in culture right now, and I'm not here for it. Now, that's not dismissing the reality that anxiety is a thing. Okay? Anxiety is not fun. Not fun in games, okay? All I'm saying is, don't claim it as a part of you. That is an attack on your life, okay? And all I'm saying is, God actually wants to do the impossible. Like, he actually wants to do the impossible. And I would encourage you, invite him into that. And yeah, it might be a process, and yeah, it might take time. But don't write him off. Don't write him off, don't write him out. Amen? One more opportune time that I see um, the enemy tend to get me or get other people wrapped up in nonsense 
is in the midst of loneliness and isolation. Anybody ever have weird thoughts present themselves in the midst of loneliness or isolation? Yeah, I used to be a drug addict. And, man, I remember there was this weird season in my life um, where I just, like, disappeared from, I was in a band and everybody went on Christmas break. And so, like, my friends, they went home. They lived with me, so they went home. That was in uh, Virginia Beach. You know, they went back home. And, and you know how Christmas is. Everybody just has so much going on that even the people that were at home, honestly, I could kind of get away from them without them even really noticing just because of how much was going on. They probably realized, but, you know, I thought I was being sneaky or whatever. And I remember I just disappeared into this room, and I started thinking things and wanting things and doing things that were just disgusting. We were not designed to be alone. We weren't designed for it. First and foremost, we were designed to be filled with His Spirit, to constantly be with our Father, not to be in our own godless mess. But on top of that, we are designed to be with others in the body of Christ. Amen? God's got people thinking all sorts of weird stuff right now in isolation. It's a trap. It's a trap. God corrected it in Elijah. Elijah was like, I'm the only one, God, out here serving you by myself. God is like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. There's so many other people serving God right now. You're just being a drama king. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Oh, sometimes I get after it. I love you. You know I love you, you know. First Peter 5, 9. This is right after, guess what, 7 and 8. It says, but resist him. So this is after talking about the, our adversary, the lion, looking around, trying to eat people and stuff. It says, but resist him firm in your faith, right? Firm in your faith. Jesus knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. You are not alone, okay? And the enemy likes to make you think that you're this weird individual. You're the only one that's dealing with this thing. You're the only one that's being tempted like this. You're the only one facing this situation. But you don't get it. You don't get it. Listen, you're not alone, and that's good news. I'm not undermining your experience. But I'm saying don't let... Hmm, how would you articulate that? There's a weird... There's a perverted form of 
of satisfaction experienced by clinging on to the trials and temptations you've faced. I know that doesn't sound wild, but somebody here needs to hear this. There's a part of you that enjoys the brokenness because it gets you attention. But I promise you there's something so much better in growing through it. I promise you that. If you're enjoying the comfort of other people, listen, there's a lasting comfort. Listen, you can actually grow through it. And I'm not saying that you don't go to people and get real with them and say, hey, listen, this is something I'm dealing with. I'm just saying, let's deal with it. Let's deal with it. Let's let God work in it. Let's grow together through it. And let's come out the other side victorious. Amen? Don't turn it into a pet. It will be a stumbling block. Tests and temptations come to everyone, even when you are living out your call. I would actually say, I mean, that's not even like a necessary clarification. You know what I mean? But the truth of it is, church, is let's remember, I mean, are we victims or are we victors? Because, like, my understanding is that we're to be taking the earth for the kingdom of God. Jamie, amen to me. Jamie, let's go. Let's take this earth for, you know what I mean? Come on, church. We're taking this earth for the kingdom of God. Right? And so what that means is, is that we're not going Oh, the devil's out to get me. He's trying to hurt me. He's trying to, everything is out to get me. We're going kingdom come on earth. And guess what? His light spreads and reveals the darkness. When things are exposed, you might feel that. And there will be some pushback. There will be some things, obviously, that are going to try to keep us from moving forward, running our race, enduring and overcoming in Christ. Right? Because we're making ground. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. That means that we are pushing on the gates. Gates don't move. I don't know if you know about that. I've never had a gate be like, hey, I'm going to get you. You know what I mean? Gates don't do that. It's a weird image. We are taking ground, and there's friction in that. But Jesus is glorified when we continue to take that ground. Amen? This is good news. So if you're experiencing some pushback, then first of all, don't fight the fight yourself. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not flesh. They're mighty through who? God. Woo! What you going to do now? What are you going to do? I mean it, like for real. What are you going to do? Watch God work. Watch. Last thing before we jump into something else. I could say last thing, last thing, last thing. 
Don't be surprised when you face tribulation. Um, I think some people buy into this version of the gospel that, again, everything is rainbows and butterflies. And so at the minute that they get bit by a mosquito, they're like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't buy this gospel. You know what I mean? Listen, I'm here to tell you, receiving Jesus as Lord does not mean you will not face difficulty in this earth. But it does mean you will have life means that you can actually live. I'm not talking that zombie nonsense that I was living out before I knew Jesus. I'm saying there's something better, that even though we face difficulty and tribulation and testing and temptation, it's like, yeah, but God's got me. How many of y'all faced all that stuff before you knew Jesus? Yeah? Now we have a conqueror who conquered all things on our behalf, and we get to go, yeah, yeah, what? Yes and amen to all the promises of God here on the earth. Amen? That's good news. So don't be surprised. Jesus said this in John 16, 33. He said, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Do not be discouraged when you face tribulation. This is, this is like a, an action. It says, take courage. When we face tribulation in this earth, we are to take the courage of Holy Spirit and keep going, and keep going, and keep going. It's obvious that there's an opportunity for discouragement here. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have had to tell us to take courage. Right? So take that courage. Take courage. How do you take courage? Well, Matthew 6, 13 in the NLT says this. I like this translation. Uh, so this is from the Lord's Prayer. Y'all know the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. Um, a lot of translations say, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, right? Now, how many of y'all know, again, God's not leading us into temptation. Gee, Holy Spirit is leading us to Jesus, and there will be temptation along the way because the enemy does not like that, right? So God's not leading us into temptation. God's leading us into whatever he has in our life. And then temptation will happen. It'll be placed in our path or of, the, of our own invention. That's why I like this a lot. It says, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. I think that's so good. You have an option. Don't yield to that temptation. And Holy Spirit will show you the truth. Holy Spirit will show you the way. Don't get off the road. Think about yielding. If you're on the interstate, you're going to yield off a ramp, right? We don't want to do that. We want to stay on the path, running our race, in our call for Jesus. Amen? We're not going to yield. The Holy Spirit's going to keep us going straight where we need to go. So there's this word that I saw uh, regularly, when I was finding the word temptation in Scripture, uh, there's just a reoccurring word, and it was endurance. Can y'all say endurance? 
Let's go ahead, Kyle, pull up that epic slide with all the things. Okay, so we've looked at both of those portions of Scripture thus far, right? James 1, 2 through 4. We've also looked at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And y'all see the word that's bolded in those? Endurance, right? This is what it means, because I think endurance gets a bad rep. Endurance, sometimes we're like, it looks like, oh, God, just get me through. That's not endurance. Check this out. Cheerful. Can y'all say cheerful? cheerful? Or hopeful. Can you say hopeful? hopeful. Endurance. Constancy. Enduring. Patience. Patient. Continuance. Isn't that good? I love cheerful or hopeful. Listen, it's not like, oh, just get me through. It's God's doing something. Hey, hey, come on, let's keep going. Let's keep going. There's a way out. There's a way out. He's got you. He's got you. But you got to stay with him. You got to fix your eyes on him. So beautiful. So again, look at lack as an opportunity for his provision. There is a way out. It is often through. Can y'all say through? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 from the message translation. So again, we've read this scripture. This is just in a different translation. It says, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. Can you say, God will never let me down? He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. A lot of people prefer an escapist attitude. And when you embrace that kind of mindset, you refuse God the opportunity to grow you. Because rather than going through some things with him, you see a demand on his presence and his power. And instead of going, okay, let's fill that with God, you go, no, I don't want to approach the lack. I don't want to approach the temptation or the trial or the test. We don't have to be afraid, church. We don't have to be afraid. He'll be there to help you come through it. He wants to help you through it. He wants to grow us through it. And we see him overcome. We see him overcome. Overcome. Look at these, look at these troubles and temptations as opportunities to overcome evil with good. How I many you know all this stuff is just evil, right? I mean, you know, Jesus said, hey, overcome evil with good. Yeah? So again, it's an opportunity. That's what I want you to see. That's why we can consider it all joy, brethren, when we face all this stuff. Because it's a divine opportunity to make a mockery of the enemy and to bring glory to Jesus. It's incredible. Romans chapter 12. We're going to read a lot here. Just to land on the 21st verse. But this is so good. The church needs to hear this. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. 
Be of the same mind toward one another, and do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not, I'm saying this to me, we can all say this to ourselves, do not be wise in your own estimation. I think everybody needs to hear that. You know, we think we got it all figured out. Our opinion's the opinion. Don't be wise in your own estimation. Never, can y'all say never, never, pay back evil for evil to anyone. Can you say anyone? anyone? There's no loophole there. If possible, or respect what is right in the sight of all men, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. How many of y'all know you're not responsible for people's reaction to you? Do you know that? This says as far as it's possible with you. We're to be peacemakers, right? We're not contrarians. We're not like... No, we do our best to be at peace with all people. That does not mean everybody's going to like you. Okay? Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. So how do we do this? We're going to run through a list of things real quick. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3. We can't get away from this scripture, and that's good. This matters a lot. It says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There's so much we can learn from this small chunk of scripture. I'm just going to run us through some of them. One, if your eyes are constantly fixed on Jesus, when trial and tribulation comes, you're not going to be like, God, where are you? Did you hear me? It's going to be like, okay, I know I'm doing what God is calling me to do. I'm going to keep on doing that. Holy Spirit, what are we supposed to do right now? Right now. In this moment, what are we supposed to do? Don't be deterred from that. Keep your eyes fixed. Hope. How many of y'all think hope is important? Hope is so important. It says that Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. How many of that sounds like hope? Jesus saw the joy set before him. And he was able to endure the cross. Wow. Because he saw that hope. Romans 15, 13. Says this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Can you guys say joy? joy. And peace. Can you say peace? peace? In believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How do you overcome in the midst of trouble? Don't get your eyes fixated on the trouble. Keep your eyes on God's promise, the hope set before you so you can endure through anything. 
Amen? Keep your eyes where they belong. And there's joy and peace in believing. I like that. It's not all like, ah, it's joyful and peaceful. Perspective. How do you overcome this stuff? I regularly ask God, God, give me your eyes. Show me how you see me. Show me how you see this person or these people. And show me how you see this situation. That kind of perspective matters. When you're tempted to judge and write someone off, ask God what he thinks about them. Please. Please. Don't take the bait of the enemy. Ask God to show you how he sees them, how he sees you, how he sees every situation. Because it's way better than what we just fall into. And right now, people are really tempted to demonize and hate people. Don't write off a single human. Please. It's so dangerous. And people need Jesus. Amen? So let God give you his eyes for every person. I love it says, bless those that persecute you. Good night, man. That requires God's perspective. Scripture. How do we overcome in times of tribulation and testing? Knowing what God says in Scripture matters a lot. Again, in Matthew 4, every response of Jesus to the devil when he was coming and saying, hey, you want this, you want this, you want this, do this. Jesus responded with scripture. I would encourage you, dive into scripture. And I know a lot of us get weird about like memorizing scripture. Oh, that just sounds boring or, or oh, it just sounds like I'm trying to be a smarty. Listen, you're just getting to know what God says and you're coming to know him better. So that when things come up, when things are trying to get you off track, you know what his word has to say about a situation. You know what he said in a situation. It just prevents us from, it, it like, just slices through so many of the non, like the attacks of the enemy. So in light of Jesus, what does scripture say about your situation? Last thing, stay rooted and grounded in love. Can you say rooted? Can you say grounded? Can you say in love? That matters a lot. If you're not rooted and grounded in love, then your roots, they don't go down deep. And when trials and tribulations come, you'll just be blown away. Now let me prove it to you in Scripture. Luke 8.13 it says this. Those on the rocky soil, so Jesus was telling a parable, but he said those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. What are we rooted in? What are we grounded in? Well, again, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, this is our last portion of Scripture here. 
says this, for this reason, Paul's praying for the church at Ephesus. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Knowledge isn't your answer. Knowing him is. In the age of information, everybody thinks we have to study everything out in exhaustive detail. You're exhausted by that detail. Know him better than you know anything. And ask him in any and every situation what he thinks and what he wants to do. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Can you all say amen to that? Man, it's so beautiful. So stay rooted and grounded in love. What are you drawing nourishment from? Is it the news? <laughs> I think people are kind of starting to see through that. It's kind of, you know what, when things go as haywire as they have, I think people just start to kind of recognize, oh yeah, this is not a good source. You know what I mean? Now again, it doesn't mean you need to bury your head in the sand, right? What it does mean is we need to know the love of Christ. We need to eat the love of Christ, draw nourishment from him. Amen? All right, y'all. Is that helpful? Beautiful. Here's a couple questions I'd like for you to consider this week. When temptations, tests, trials come my way, what do I need to remember? This is important. Two, is there a reoccurring or specific temptation or pattern of trouble that God wants me to overcome and grow through? Sometimes, if you look at your life, you can recognize that the same kind of problem come, like, continues to rear its head. God might want to show you something that he has for you that grows us to a place where that's no longer the recurring pattern in your life. Amen? Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.